Welcome to Bayer Hortcast with your field representatives from right around Australia. In this Hortcast, we'll give you a quick wrap-up of the season at hand and things to look out for, including events coming up around you and everything related to growing healthy horticultural crops. We are passionate about the future of horticulture and crop protection, and we look forward to having you join us on Bayer Hortcast. Welcome to Bayer Hortcast. This is episode 9. It's really great to have you listening to another Bayer Hortcast. My name is Craig White. I'm Market Development Agronomist at Bayer Crop Science Australia. In this episode, we're going to talk about macadamias, everything to do with the macadamia industry, what it's achieved in a relatively short space of time, really, since the 1950s, um, to become Australia's fourth largest horticultural export. So that's really impressive. Now, we all know that Everyone loves great macadamias and I'm, uh, I know especially, you know, if I'm at the airport or I'm heading overseas or I take some macadamias, Australian macadamias uh, overseas, people are, love those and I'm sure they take them back, but I know it's a huge industry. Um, Australia is very, very big about this uh, and macadamia growth and export and to talk about the achievements of the industry uh, as well as some challenges faced by growers of macadamias, I'm joined by the CEO of the Australian Macadamia Society, Jolyon Burnett and also Bayer Business Development Manager, Tim O'Grady. G'day Jolyon, how are you today? Oh, good, thanks Craig. It's a real pleasure to be with you on this podcast. Yeah, thanks for joining us and Tim, how are you going mate? Hey Craig, yeah, great, great to catch up. Yep, no, very good. We've had you on before, Tim, so uh, you'll be able to cover some of the the technical aspects later on. But Jolyn, let's just have a look first at um, the macadamia industry. Can you just give us a little bit of background where it's come from, you know, where it's at at the moment and, and where you think it's going towards? Yeah, look, the macadamia industry is a relatively young industry compared to many in Australian agriculture and horticulture. We've only been going since about the 1950s, as you said in your introduction, Craig. And um, really, the industry started here after um, uh, visiting Americans took some seed from macadamia trees back to Hawaii. It grew well in Hawaii. They started a commercial uh, industry there, supplying tourists to the to the island and um, and developed a bit of a, a market in Japan. Um, some enterprising Australian growers saw what was happening in Hawaii and started planting it here. Uh, one thing led to another. And, um, yeah, slowly over the intervening sort of 50-plus uh, uh, years now, um, the industry has grown. We've made mistakes. We've taken some wrong turns. But I think because the product is such a great product mm. and, and people not only in Australia but around the world love it so much, um, the industry has grown steadily. We've been able to expand the growing region from the natural habitats of where macadamia trees grew um, down the coast as far south as Nambucca in New South Wales and as far north up to Mackay in, uh, in uh, North Queensland. And even there's a small po pocket of, uh, of production over in Margaret River in WA. And, and with that growing uh, area of production, has, grow, has come growing sophistication. We now have a world-class processing uh, sector and uh, the industry now exports to over 40 countries around the world. And as you said in your introduction, Craig, we're the fourth largest or fourth most valuable horticultural export and both New South Wales and Queensland's most valuable horticultural export. 
Wow, yeah, really impressive there. And also, what 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 is the value of the macadamia industry? You know, flow on effects for employment as well. But just on a stab, what's the the value? Yeah, so at Farmgate, we're worth about three hundred million dollars. Wow. Um, about seventy percent uh, of production is exported, and uh, that brings in around three hundred million dollars in export earnings. Um, and while it's difficult to, to, to clearly calculate, we, we think the industry is worth about $800 million at, at retail around, around the globe. So it is a major, a major industry, I, certainly in uh, the northern rivers of New South Wales. Um, I think we're the second most valuable agricultural uh, enterprise in the northern rivers after cattle grazing. And with cattle prices where they are, we'll, we probably won't get to that top spot for a while now. But... Um, uh, and in Bundaberg, um, yes, I think we've recently uh, nudged cane aside as their most um, valuable uh, uh, agricultural enterprise in, in, in Bundaberg. So, yeah, a really significant growth and um, uh, it's really pleasing to see uh, that it's now a, a very profitable and very mainstream industry. Yeah, no, great there too to see your website, australianmacadamias.org. Um, lots of great information on there, some really interesting facts that um, you know I never knew about. I've, as I said, I've certainly seen macadamias, enjoy them, take them to friends overseas. You know, people know about Australian macadamias and, yeah, obviously really, really important. So, you know, what's happening uh, currently right now? We're, we're recording this in July, so what's happening in the macadamia um, orchards at the moment, or do you call them orchards? <laughs> yeah, we do. Okay. Listen, just before we get on to that, I suppose mm. one thing I, I, I would like to really stress, though, and I think it's a, a great sense of achievement the industry has about this, is um, it's they're growing uh, across most of Africa now in through okay. large parts of uh, Southeast Asia, China and South America. And yet, despite being the world's highest cost producer, because of our labour and other input costs and our regulatory framework, um, Australian macadamias compete very favourably on that global market. And, you know, I do think there's a bit of a lesson there for uh, many other Australian horticultural industries that by being focused on those export markets, by not looking for domestic protection, um, but really sort of taking the challenge to our, our overseas competitors, uh, the industry has been forced to become uh, competitive globally and that you know that puts us in a really strong position we know that as supply grows there are export markets out there that we can be competitive in and and that gives investors in the industry a great deal of confidence you know longer term yep uh, so really, sorry, really, Craig, I just really great to get that bit in no, that's excellent and a lot to learn there. And I think you've you've highlighted it's interesting that other industries, other areas, no matter what that is, could could take a leaf out of the booklet by the sound of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, in terms of where we're at uh, in the industry at this time in the season, so we're just uh, in the middle of harvest. Harvest uh, macadamias drop naturally from the trees when they're ripe, and that starts in late February and can continue into August or September, depending on the season. So a very long harvest period. Uh, it's very important for growers to get out there frequently. And as the nut drops over that harvest period, they pick it up frequently. Don't leave it lying on the ground. Uh, and that's where we get the best nuts. We used to, uh, even back in the 80s, rely on backpacker labour 
to pick those nuts up by hand. Now it's all automated. That's one of the ways we have remained competitive uh, uh, with our competitors who have very low cost labour. So it's a highly mechanised industry now, quite sophisticated in our techniques. Um, and in fact, you know, now in Bundaberg, we're probably getting to the point where tree shaking will take place. And so that'll shake any of the remaining nuts on the trees down onto the ground, allow the growers to pick them up in one last final harvest round, and then they can get on with other activities on the orchard like uh, pruning, uh, like um, uh, spreading organic matter and fertiliser, and most importantly, uh, preparing the trees for the flowering, which will start in uh, mid to late August and go through September. Wow. Um, it's quite topical at the moment, Craig, with the detection of varroa mite um, in New South Wales, mm -hmm. that uh, macadamias do use honeybees for pollination, but unlike a crop like almonds, we're not 100% dependent on them. There are a number of species of native bees and up to 20 species of other insects that help in the pollination. So while nobody wants to see varroa mite get away, um, I suppose we're a little less exposed than some because um, we'll see a lot more native bees put out in macadamia orchards, a lot more. We've already been um, working hard to increase biodiversity in the orchard by planting into rows with a range of herbs and other grasses and, uh, and flowering species um, to build up the biodiversity, to build up uh, beneficial insects. And then that gets uh, slashed just before harvest. And, um, and that's the period we're in now. A busy time for growers right now. Yeah, there's never a, never a dull time, is there, when you're growing these crops or, or any of the crops, I reckon. And uh, a lot, I work mostly in uh, Broadacre area and a lot of things that you said there about uh, awareness of pollinators and different types is, is really important for us as well. And I also um, live down in the southwest of Western Australia, close to that. I didn't know there were macadamias at Margaret River, so there you go. That's something uh, new for me as well uh, through doing the podcast, so I'll, I'll seek that out and have a look. Uh, and then, yeah, my wife works in the apple and uh, pear industry down here, so she's well in tune with some of those practices that you're talking about there with that uh, inter-row or inter, you know, in-between rows and, and all those things. Now, you, you talked about flowering coming up. I think it's obviously a really important time. We need flowers, you know, obviously, to, to, to get ultimately to the nut at the end of it. There, and I might just bring Tim in there uh, to perhaps talk about importance of that timing and some of the developments that um, Bayer has been undertaking with some new chemistry uh, and then Jolene you can certainly uh, jump in there as, as need be so Tim just over to you mate um, with that flowering coming on at the moment or coming on soon uh, next month uh, you know what's happening with yeah. that why is it important? Thanks Craig um, as Jolene said I, I think one of the one of the real focuses of the macadamia industry has been to um, really have uh, minimising the harm to pollinators over flowering and whether they're um, native Australian bees or honeybees or, as Jolian said, planting these inter-row cover crop mixtures um, that um, provide habitat for important pollinators like hoverflies, for example, um, that, that's really been a, an important focus that, um, uh, from a buyer point of view, we think we've got some, some options that can really um, add to what the industry has been doing. For the last uh, just over 10 years, we've been working on a, a new insecticide, which is actually a new generation insecticide for the um, macadamia industry. 
It's a Group 4D product by the name of Savanto Prime. Uh, and it offers, I guess, a great degree of flexibility or safety over this flowering period, um, given some of its unique attributes. And, and those really relate to having a, a, a low toxicity to things like Australian native stingless bees and European bees and hoverflies for that matter. And generally speaking, a lot of the, um, the beneficial insects um, that, are, that are common, the parasitoids and ladybird beetles, et cetera, that are lacewings that are common in, in orchards. Um, so, yeah, to summarise it, Craig, we, we developed this product um, or we're, we're launching this product this year in macadamias for the control of lacebug. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess just a couple of things on that. It, in having those safety attributes, it works extremely well on stopping the feeding of lacebug quickly through its, through its contact action. And the second thing that it probably offers over what um, has traditionally been done in the past with sort of contact sprays uh, is that it's it's quite systemic in that it moves within the flower raceme. And that's super important with controlling lacebug, which can lay its eggs right in the, embed them right in the florets of, of the raceme and um, making them difficult to control. By having that systemic nature with Savanto Prime, we can control the juveniles when they emerge, um, which is an import, very important for growers. So, um, yeah, so we've been working closely with the um, with the AMS, especially Leone, on the messaging around Savanto Prime and just in the process of, um, yeah, a lot of um, key grower and stakeholder engagement at this point in time. Yeah, and I know Horde Innovation is certainly um, involved there as well, and that's a multi-industry strategic project that's um, funded by Horde Innovations, and it's using research and development levies uh, from a range of, of uh, groups, no doubt, um, and co-investment from the Department of Agriculture or yeah, and the federal government's um, put in money there as well. And Horde Innovation is the grower-owned not-for-profit research and development corporation for Australian horticulture. Uh, certainly we've talked about Horde Innovation and the importance of, um, of them in that, and you can read more in the uh, podcast notes about Horde Innovation. So... Tim, just I wanted to ask you, what does the lace bug actually do? Obviously, for macadamia growers, they'll know it well, but just for people that are perhaps new to this, you, you talked about it getting right up in amongst the flower, uh, or jolly and jump yeah. in there. What, what, what does it do? Sure. Thanks, Craig. Um, yeah, look, I, I think, in my opinion, it's probably one of the most, and Jolly will have his views, but probably one of the most destructive pests um, in macadamias in that the, the speed of effect you can have with its feeding damage on those um, on those racemes virtually can result in a, a situa- situation of a wipeout in terms of yield mm. and then it will also influence the tree's development for the following season. So it's a, it is a, um, a massive issue. I think the thing on the it's, – it's primarily been um, an issue um, in, in our older orchards in the northern rivers. I can remember back probably 15 years ago when it was just in isolated pockets around clunes, et cetera, but it's – it's fairly widespread across the um, the northern rivers, and the um, the key thing that I think is important is that you have a very limited window in which to spray it, based on often getting onto you know um, undulating country and having a wet spring. So it can be really timing can be really tricky with getting around orchards. Um, but the speed, I guess, the thing that surprises me about lacebug is just the pure speed of action in terms of actually 
completely um, stripping those race seams of any productive nut. Yeah, that sounds really serious. Jolene, anything to add there? Like, you know, what's the feedback you get? I just uh, totally agree with Tim there. It is one of these pests that um, can get away very quickly. And because it attacks the flower, you know, if it does get away, you, it can have a major impact on a grower's crop. Um, and all that hard work during the season in terms of nurturing those trees and getting that good flowering um, can be undone uh, very quickly if, if uh, it isn't controlled and managed well. So, uh, and definitely, you know, those big older trees do tend to provide a more a sort of sheltering environment for it. And um, uh, it, it's, it's one that has... Um, you know, if it gets away, it strikes fear into growers' hearts, I think. So um, uh, a, a good, flexible control um, is really important for the industry. Yeah, great. And great to hear you guys really working together on it, as we do with a lot of things at Bayer and, you know, without industry groups, um, you know, the Australian Macadamia Society, um, you know, members, you know, enabling us to do work there, obviously on problems that, that mean a lot. And, um, you know, we obviously can't always bring these things through and, Tim, I think you said it's about a decade, is it, that, that we've been working on Savanto Prime? Yeah, it's been a it's been a slow burn, Craig. Yeah, we we yep. started work back in two thousand and nine with um, um, the initial trials with the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries and um, people like Craig Maddox, who are very heavily involved in in the research around it. Um, so, yeah, I think we have something like sixty five replicated trials in macadamias with this material. It's it's been a long a long development phase, and it's, it's super exciting to actually um, have it available this season for the lace bug use pattern. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Really good to hear. And obviously, we continue to work with um, with Savanto Prime uh, into a whole range of other crops and, and other pests and things. And keep tuned for those. And you can do that uh, through the Bayer website or savantoprime.com.au. Uh, I mentioned AustralianMacadamias.org. Jolian, that's your website. Really, um, really enjoyed looking through there. It was it was excellent to see um, and then also there's the horticulture.com.au which is Hort Innovation so you can read about other projects that are going on there. Uh, Jolene, do you have anything else you wanted to add before we sign off on this episode? Oh, look, it's just that, uh, you know, for our, for our sins, macadamias are grown in, in some of the most iconic regions of Australia, you know, the, uh, the hinterland of the Great Barrier Reef yep. and um, the hinterland of Byron Bay and all those, uh, mm. the classic beaches around there. And so, obviously, the communities that we grow in expect us to be respectful of the environment and to take great care not to uh, damage those sorts of environments and not to not to um, adversely impact on the uh, on the holidays and the tourists' trades that are so important there. So, having you know, having really innovative next generation crop protection products that allow us to continue to grow uh, effectively and efficiently, but um, do allow us to to uh, take care of the environment and to respect the, the communities in which, in which we grow is really important to us. And, um, you know, Bayer have been a great partner in, in that sort of work and, and continue to be. So it's, um, you know, it's been a, a real pleasure to, to work with Tim and the team. Yeah, fantastic. And Tim, anything uh, final to add there? Um, yeah, Craig, look, the, the comment, I just to back up what Jolion's saying, you know, compliance with, um, with our products is, is something we take 
very seriously in Bayer. And uh, yep. the only comment I'll make is just with Savanto Prime this season for lace bug use, and we've been working closely with the AMS on messaging, is that we want to always ensure um, the clean green image of Australian uh, macadamias. And uh, part of that's meeting the compliance requirements for export nut. So there are just a few um, restrictions for use around the product this year, such as only using one application at 50 mils per 100 litres of water over this flowering period for lacebug, um, ensuring that the, the, the it's a maximum of one litre per hectare application. So that means that we can't spray um, orchards where we're exceeding water volumes of 2,000 litres of water per hectare. Um, and also just, and this it's a little bit topical this year, given the extent of wet weather and delays to harvesting, but we can't go and spray orchards where there is nuts still on the ground or on the tree at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, we take those messages really seriously and we're, yeah, like working closely with the AMS, um, with publications and MAC group meetings, et cetera, just to try and make sure everyone's yeah, completely aligned um, on those critical use patterns. Yeah, no, a really good reminder there, Tim, and that goes across every uh, aspect, you know, broadacre, horticulture, anywhere we're using products, you know, they are really important tools along with all the other uh, approaches, integrated um, things that we do and growers are doing out there. So we want to have those tools available for a long time and, as you said, you know, make sure they're uh, very useful and keeping, uh, you know, keeping things nice and safe and producing those beautiful macadamias or whatever else you're doing. And uh, Jolien, I noticed that OSMAC 2022, the conference is coming up. So did you want to just talk about quickly what that's going to be in November? It looks like a nice spot. I don't know whether I'll be able to get there, but uh, I'm sure Tim will be there. But yeah, OSMAC, what's that about? Thanks, Craig. That's the uh, biennial uh, uh, macadamia, National Macadamia Conference. Um Unfortunately, because of COVID, like so many mm. other people, we've had to postpone it. So um, I think we last held uh, OSMAC in 2018, and now we're finally getting to to back it up. So um, I think everyone will be really excited to get together face-to-face at the uh, Royal Pines Resort at the Gold Coast um, uh, from the 7th to the 12th, I think, of, of, of November and uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. We've got a we've got a strong program. Um, we're getting uh, some of our um, colleagues from other origins in South Africa and elsewhere over. And um, as usual, it'll be a, a really good mix of you know some of the latest practices and innovations in growing macadamias. Some of the best equipment and products uh, for growing macadamias will be there in the trade display. And of course, a round of social events, including a gala dinner where um, growers and all the support uh, staff from from uh, researchers and companies like Bayer and uh, equipment manufacturers and the like can get together and, and really sort of have a bit of a knees up and celebrate um, another, another hopefully successful harvest and another hopefully profitable season in macadamias. It has been a bit of a challenging year for us and many other people. Mm. We've had the floods in Lismore. Yeah. You know, and uh, and and COVID, and uh, many people have seen their orchards suffer significant damage in those floods, and then the subsequent heavy rain. So, I'm hoping it'll be an event where everyone can come together and perhaps put put some of those challenges behind us and focus on uh, focus on the future. 
Yeah, no, really well said there, Jolly, and I think that's really important. A lot of uh, people need that, and yeah, thoughts have always been with you when we've heard about the floods from over this side of the country, and um, good luck to everyone as they go forward through harvest and into the next uh, crop, and enjoy Osmac later on, and I'm sure, Tim, you'll be there, yeah? Yeah, 100%, Craig. Excellent. You'll be able to uh, talk to Tim and others there about uh, Cervanto Prime, no doubt, and other things that fit within the macadamia uh, growing. So, uh, guys, look, thanks very much, Jolyon, for coming on to this Bayer Hawkcast today. It was really good to hear um, what's happening in your industry and also how the industry, you know, with Hort Innovation, Bayer, others, uh, have been able to really develop something here which is, is useful to your members. So, thanks very much. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for the invitation. Uh, thanks, Tim, to you and your team again, and um, really appreciate the opportunity. Fantastic. And Tim, as always, thanks very much for filling in some gaps there with the technical side and always available, of course, crop.bayer.com.au. You can use that as a place to get more information. And of course, the uh, australianmacadamias.org website as well will give you lots of great information. So thanks very much, chaps. Thank you. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Julian. Thanks for listening to this Bayer Hortcast. To get more information about anything you heard on today's episode, phone 1-800-804-479 to get in touch with us or visit the web at crop.bayer.com.au. Thanks for listening.